This is a Music Therapy Chronicles podcast episode with Janet Schmidt. But she was so instrumental in helping me learn that I couldn't push through this concussion and this injury like I had done with everything else in my life. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote. I'm your weekly host and a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and consider leaving us a rating and review. We really appreciate them. You can find more podcast episodes, links to our pod courses, the self-care community, links to all of our social media, and get on our monthly newsletter all at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show today. And you can always reach me by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Janet Schmidt. If you missed that episode, it was released last week, so go back and listen to that first. So this one will make a little more sense and make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. Thank you for being here today. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you for being here over the past several years. Um, Janet was actually on the show for episode 15, which that conversation doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but to now be over 150 episodes, episode 15 seems like a lifetime ago. Um, I haven't gone back and listened to it, but if someone does after hearing this episode, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are because... I am definitely a different person, a different interviewer, have different insights. I'm curious um, what differences or similarities people pick up on. If you're ever listening to the show and want to take a screenshot and tag me online at Music Therapy Chronicles, I'd love to see what you're listening to and what you're getting out of the episodes. And also, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. Um, that's how our audience has grown over time. People kind of just mention the show to friends and coworkers, and uh, it's been wonderful to see that organic growth and for people to come here and feel seen and validated and enjoy this content. So anyway, this is part two of my conversation with Janet. She's telling us more about her experience with traumatic brain injury, um, how that's impacted her life, and 
Yeah, we had a really great conversation. Janet and I know each other personally, so it's great to be able to have people on the show where the conversation can be um, a little more familiar, a little more personal. So grateful to her for coming on and sharing her story and grateful to you, the listener, for being here. I hope you get a lot out of this episode, part two with Janet Schmidt. But she was so instrumental in helping me learn that I couldn't push through this concussion and this injury like I had done with everything else in my life. Can we just hit on that a bit? Yeah, say that again. Say that again, please. Okay. Um, you know, like how you get better grades, you study harder. You know how you get more fit, you work out harder. You know <laughs> how you learn more, you like go to more classes, you do more um old Janet like did more and was really good at doing more and a lot and like you and I are kind of the same in college because we did absolutely everything that we could could not should could yes <laughs> I'll speak <laughs> for myself but yeah yeah um and so it was super weird to get to this experience that like you know everything else in life had taught me that I should just you know work harder try harder do more and then power through it. And if you try and power through a brain injury, it makes it worse. Yeah. 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 So that was really hard to get out of that habit. And like, uh, well, you know, let's just run a mile now and then I'll be able to walk, right? <laughs> Not yeah. true. Yeah. That is a realization that I have also been coming to terms with and not because I have a TBI, but just in life. I'm a recovering workaholic. Everyone who listens to the show knows that. Um, but that rest is imperative for recovery and healing. Hmm. And that plays into working out. It plays into a brain injury. It plays into I'm reading a personal development book. And if I read it in a week and go to the next one, I'm probably not processing and applying the information I'm learning. Mm -hmm. um, and so then am I personally developing or like with coursework or with clinical application stuff, like your body and your brain need time to process things in order to apply them. And the best way to process things is through rest. But our society is not set up to foster that. I love how you're bringing in these like real life, other other parts of life examples to this strategy of rest and recover and process um, instead of the, the other strategy because, yeah. Thank you for saying that because uh, I don't want to seem like I am taking away from your story. So I oh, appreciate wow. the conversation. It's great. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's like, that's been my, my theme for the year in case you don't know, but the listeners probably know my themes for the year were joy and ease because for so long I was pushing, striving, building harder, more. Duh, duh. I'm nodding my head and probably making Janet's head hurt because I'm moving <laughs> so much. I'm sorry. Um, and then I got to January 1st of this year and a lot of my life was flipped on its head. And I was like, you know what? I like, I, there's no gas pedal. 
there's nowhere for me to push. I just need to see what the heck happens. Mm. Um, so I was also for different reasons forced into what does it feel like to rest and to flow and to experiment and leave space in my life? What a question to like purposefully rest and what that looks like. So I actually have a theme for this year too, 2022. My theme is peace. Um, so for Christmas, my husband and I got each other like necklaces. They're called giving keys. And we picked a word for each other on how we wanted, like how we thought the other person could like spiritually and, you know, just kind of mentally grow. Mm. Um, so he gave me the word peace and it is so on point and so where i have needed to grow in like being at peace with where i am and recovering being at peace in you know do i work or do i stay home being at peace and just like all of it <laughs> and it's yeah. it's still hard to take breaks even though i've been practicing resting like a lot <laughs> for two years two and a half years now yeah I, I don't know about you, but I also fall into the trap where the old mindset comes back where it's either like, well, three years from now, well, wish I started today. Or like, I'm behind if I'm not doing this right now, or I've rested long enough. Now it's time to push. Like you rest and you get this energy. Yeah. And then you go into the old habits and deplete yourself again. You yeah. know, it's like constant sprint, crash, sprint, crash. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then that is, is then my- is is the rest actually working (laughs) so this weird part of the tbi is that if i do things like so today's saturday so if i like i clean the house today i'm doing this podcast today um i'm i'm going to feel the effects of today the most tomorrow Mm. and it's such a delayed Oh, I'm feeling crappy because I listened to so much music yesterday um, that it, it's so weird that I don't feel it in the moment. So I have to like schedule, like if I do want a day that I can go hard or try something new, like for instance, I pretty much gave up alcohol for two and a half years, pretty much, because it's, you know, not good for your brain. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> she just did mind explosion. Yeah, I did. Wow. That, wow. Didn't think of that. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so I recently tried to reintroduce wine because I like wine. I kind of miss it, you know, wanted to try it. Um, so I made sure that the day after I was trying it, I didn't have to do a lot because mm-hmm. I was like, if I feel really shitty, it'll be tomorrow, not today. <laughs> yeah, I feel like alcohol is more, um, I guess, uh, common example of that because you always think of a hangover as being the next day but as far as life in general like that's that was an important reminder for me because sometimes I wake up and I'm experiencing some type of heightened emotion and I'm like going about my day and it's not going away I'm like what happened like why did I wake up like this nothing has happened this morning to make me feel this way and I don't always think like about the previous couple days and how that culminated and in my restful sleep is when my brain processed the things so that when I woke up, I experienced the emotion. Wow. Amazing how that works. That Um, is actually revolutionary though. (laughs) So yeah, we had a leak in our ceiling and I don't know, like Wednesday night and I woke up so irritated Thursday morning and I was like, gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm totally woke Mm -hmm. up on the wrong side of the med bed. Did I sleep? Okay. And I was, I I hardly even thought about how the emotions of, you know, 
my ceiling having water coming through was affecting that morning. <laughs> so yep, that's, yep. that's a great reminder for emotions transferring, not just like delayed physical feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have so much good stuff in here. So many nuggets. <laughs> what else did you want to touch on? Um, okay. So during, so I feel like there's a high percentage of music therapists that have also started to be speech language pathologists. So I just thought mm -hmm. I'd share, because I have my records of being a patient in speech therapy, which was so cool. Oh, wow. It's so weird to read over. <laughs> So this is what the speech therapist wrote about you. Yeah. 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 Um, so I wanted to share that we did some different assessments. Um, so she did the Ross information processing assessment. Um, we did the Boston naming test, second edition, and we did the test nonverbal intelligence, second edition. Um, in case you recognize any of those names, listeners. Um, yeah. So that was good helpful I don't know one of them was just like naming things and it was weird how like I had you know studied people with dementia um randomly substituting words or forgetting words and I was like wait this is happening to me I am 26 years old what the heck yeah yeah and then the nonverbal intelligence test um I remember that one the most because it had this um significance in that it was indicating kind of my intelligence but without words and words were kind of the problem at that point mm -hmm. um so it was such a relief to actually score pretty high on that and know like oh my gosh i didn't lose all of my intelligence well, that's so great <laughs> even though i'm doing these like things that make me feel dumb i'm still smart and and being smart is kind of a big part of my identity even still <laughs> um I mean, I feel like we'll talk about how music therapy was a big part of my identity and that shifted a lot, but yeah, intelligence. I love that a speech language pathologist gave you a non-verbal assessment and maybe that's common practice. I don't know, hmm. but I recently had an experience where a student client, so not like a student person they are a school kid anyway okay who I do music therapy with um he hit a age where his IEP diagnosis had to change um and so he was given all of these assessments to validate that he still could receive IEP services and mm -hmm. basically it was to the parents we're going to give him all these tests and he's going to score really poorly but that's how we get services for him and mm -hmm. so they approached me and said, he does great in music. Mm -hmm. Is there a way we can highlight his strengths? Do you have a music assessment you can use? And I was Aww. like, yes, I do. Um, and of course, that did not negate the services he needed. Yeah, but it's important that what I'm getting to is it's important to be able to highlight our strengths there are the strengths of our clients, because a lot of what we do is talking about all the areas of need which is mm. why we have a job, um, but also to remind them of their strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't put that together, but yeah, it was such a, a boost to my self-esteem in like this hard time to like have this like good assessment come out. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Well, and it's also, 
I'm thinking if I was in your shoes and I was getting all of these um, not so great assessments, I would be thinking like, I'm not good at anything. What am I good at? Like, I wouldn't know where to look for my strengths anymore because so much had changed. So for someone Mm -hmm. to have a tool to remind me of the strengths that I still have, um, that would have been really transformative for me, I think, to have that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about how I did these uh, other traditional therapies, went through them, they were great, they were helpful, um, still had issues after I did them. So then, oh, okay, so also I took like a break from working for like three months from January of 2020 through March of 2020. <laughs> what great timing. <laughs> Hello world, what happened in March of 2020? Oh, that's right, COVID. Um, so I was kind of going back to seeing just a few patients um, in person and then we're like, oh wait, everyone shuffle, rearrange, let's go do online telehealth. So in like a week we pivoted and I started seeing a few clients in um, telehealth, which, okay, it had some weird pros and some weird cons. Well, take the weird word the word weird out of that. (laughs) Um, Pros didn't have to drive and didn't have to move around in sessions anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So that meant I could sit in front of the computer and that was really good for me. It also meant I could control the sound level of my clients on my computer. So that was really good for me, so helpful. And there was like nothing to clean after, which is like a lot of, you know, circular motions, which made me so nauseous and a lot of bending over and picking up. So I didn't have to do any of that. Um, So that was good. And I could just, you know, take care of myself at home. Um, Okay. Also, I was like trying to convince all of my myself because I was in denial and (laughs) my clients and their parents that I was like totally fine after taking three months off totally fine nothing's wrong it's all good so I started wearing makeup and I I like don't wear makeup except for special occasions but I was like I'm gonna like look good and part of it was like a telehealth strategy because I have this theory that if you're on telehealth and you wear makeup it brings out your facial features and therefore it's easier for clients to Mm -hmm. see your expressions and stuff and and yeah um but it was also just to like convince people that i'm fine (laughs) yeah yeah um oh and then like cons of doing telehealth it was hello a whole brand new thing not trained for but let's just throw that on top of the other chaos in my life (laughs) and then yeah and um Sometimes I look back and I I almost wish that I had been furloughed and I could have gotten the COVID check and just like recovered. Mm. But I tried my darndest to work as much as I could while recovering. And it's like, oh man. (laughs) That, you know. Old tendency. Yeah. Push. Push. Push so hard. Push not even just to be adequate, but to be the best at telehealth. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, hello, other music therapists that work with me. Look at these resources I made. I made this virtual book. Use it with your clients. I made this like board game on Excel. We can play it on the computer. Have that. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I got a lot of my value from 
achieving and accomplishing and doing and being a music therapist. Do you want to talk about that career shift? Um, sure, sure. So, okay. So I did music therapy for like a year and a half after the injury. Um, slowly worked back up to full-time, um, probably doing 90% of my pre-TBI caseload. And then the other 10% was administrative work that they um, allowed me to do, which was helpful because it didn't have as many um, triggers. And, but then I got married in June of 2021, which is kind of why I resigned because yeah, I got married. Thank you. <laughs> and that was also part of the name change that I mentioned earlier in the moving across the country. So we did that for his job. Um, so it kind of came to like a point of, well, I have to resign because <laughs> we're moving. Um, but also it was good because I, I debated the fall of 2020 of quitting and it was just so hard to quit music therapy because it's like, I had this idea that God designed me with these unique talents and this ability to write songs and this ability to empathize that is like a superpower um, to do music therapy because like it felt like I was doing his work and exactly what he made me for. So if if he made me to do that and I don't do that, then what the heck am I doing? <laughs> um, which um, yeah, someone else put is like a lot of pressure to put on myself, I suppose, but it's just kind of how I interpreted you know, these strengths and talents and um, calling. Um, mm. So it was like this emotional level of who am I if I am not a music therapist and this like pride of, I love music therapists. Like music therapists are so amazing and I will always, always be a supporter of music therapy. Um, even though like right now I'm not a music therapist, I don't know honestly if I'll ever go back um, regardless of whether I heal or not um just because that level of burnout and like it because it demands so much so much <laughs> yes yeah and it was like almost easier to stay in what i knew and what i knew i could adapt or the challenges that i knew i would face in music therapy than it was to to do something new mm. yeah so now um okay wait so i quit in june of 2021 and then well resigned whatever and then <laughs> moved across the country honeymoon for a month that was good oh my gosh on my honeymoon so we did this road trip around the u.s for like two weeks um which was so fun and it, i it was like the first time i had relaxed in a long time because hello wedding planning um mm. sucks <laughs> guys if you get engaged get yourself a therapist just for the wedding planning stress like i feel like <laughs> My therapist and I talked so much about wedding planning stress. Like we talked about that as much as we talked about my TBI, if not more. <laughs> nice. Um, anyway, so on the honeymoon, I like felt good physically. Like I was so less nauseous. I think I had a few non-headache days, which was like the first time in a year and a half that I didn't have headaches. And I was like, what? Life can be this good? Okay. <laughs> uh, so that was really different. And then I decided not to work when we moved here um, because thank God for my husband and he was able to support us so I could, you know, rest and hopefully recover. And, and I did a little bit. So I, I stayed home for like nine months just to, to work on healing. And then I 
figured out that I didn't want to stay home anymore and I wasn't really healing as fast as I had thought I would heal without working. You know, I thought it would be the magic cure, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> that I'll yeah. stop working and I'll be better in a month. <laughs> Not true. Seeing a theme here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, what do I want to do and what can I do? So now I work in finance and I can do that. And I sometimes want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right, I feel like that sums it up. I, I'm trying to think of how to word my question. Um, because I, I don't want I don't want this to come across in the wrong way. Are Are you finding that working in finance is feeding back into you the way you need, or do you feel like something is missing because it's not? Um, parallel to music therapy it's like completely different Mm -hmm. does that make sense Uh, yeah it does make sense so music therapy was like so life-giving to me to be a clinician until it was so life-taking to be a clinician and finance doesn't take from me like at all except for the eight hours that I give it and that was so different to just like wait I'm not thinking about work when I'm at home wait I'm not trying to come up with ideas for work when I'm in the shower like wait I'm not worried about work what these are new feelings and so like it's exactly what I need right now because it's not taking any of those things if that makes sense and it's not like it's the bare minimum either because it it's financed for a nonprofit that serves people with ID and DD. So that part I feel really good about because they're nonprofit and I like their mission and I like who they support. Um, so that makes me feel good a little bit in the uh, relation to others way. Um, and even though the job isn't pouring into me because of other people directly, like that I'm impacting anymore, like I have the ability to volunteer. So I'm actually like, a youth ministry leader for the middle schoolers through my church um, because I have the capacity to talk with these middle schoolers and I have the emotional energy to invest in them and I didn't have that energy for a while being a music therapist I love the picture you just painted for me um because <laughs> that it sound it's yeah I think that you are a great example of what can happen when we allow ourselves to let go of our identity and attachment to being a music therapist when it's not truly serving us anymore because we have worked so hard to get to where we are and we want it to be all the things we can imagine but like you said in in taking a different path you now have energy to pour into other things that are just as meaningful for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was hard because I was like, well, if I'm not doing it, who is going to do it? Mm. And that was like a really tough question of like, I am the best therapist. I am the best person for these clients. And, 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 you know, maybe like emotionally drained burnout, Janet is not the best person to work with those clients, which is really hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the times we get to that point, but like we still, we can't step away either, you know, like we still have Mm -hmm. commitments we need to fulfill. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I think I, I toyed with the idea of like quitting for probably nine months. Wow. That's a long time to consider it. <laughs> yes. Well, you can't say that it was the um, impulse decision. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also gave myself room um, when I wasn't working to have the option to go back to music therapy. And it just, it didn't call to me the same way. Hmm. Yeah. I actually like quit cold turkey. So I stopped listening to your podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I am not offended, especially if auditory is like not your preferred processing or like, you know, yeah. 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 Um, it was weird though, to go like to cut out all things music therapy to see mm. if that would help me recover from the burnout because it's so invested in my life. Like, I think it was on my Instagram. It was on the podcast that I listened to. It's in like, some of the people I talk to, it's in what I think about when I, it used to be what I thought about when I listened to new songs on the radio, yes. like, hello, listening to a song and not thinking about the therapeutic applications anymore. I mean, sometimes I do spontaneously, but not like, purpose. well, I don't, it's separate. It's different. Like I actually listen to music and enjoy music now. What? And that's major for me because Number one, I can listen to music again, which without a lot of pain, which is woo, mm -hmm. <laughs> <Missed> that. <laughs> and two, it's great because it's personal music that I am personally enjoying. Oh, yeah, love that. Yeah, um, I had a thought, but it escaped me. But the other thought I had was, if anyone is listening and you would rather read this episode, um. I put the episodes on YouTube with closed captioning. So people, that's a resource. If anyone doesn't know, it's there. So you hmm. can just watch. Oh, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Trisha. Yeah. I, okay. Chiropractor therapy. Chiropractor. Ooh. Saw a chiropractor in the fall of 2020. It helped so much with my headaches. Like I didn't expect it to, but it did. So that's what I would recommend to someone with like a concussion. Um, you know, there's always risks, but I found that it was worth it. Um, yeah, I saw like two chiropractors uh, and they had different methods, but both were helpful for me for the headaches. Yeah, because it's kind of related to my neck and like shoulder muscles, I guess, which is sounds strange, but it's true. Yeah, and then I also had a friend that also had a concussion. Um, so talking to her about just like the issues of having a concussion was so helpful for me. Yeah. Um, I also have another mentor friend um, who unfortunately has like chronic pain for various medical reasons. Um, and she like has extreme chronic pain and so just having her as a mentor to talk through like this sucks, but she's got like such hope and contentment and and even joy, which at some at some points was just so hard for me to like, how are you joyful? What the heck? Like, I don't get it. Like you have Jesus, I have Jesus, but I still don't have joy. Like what? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's amazing what just like talking to her and uh, about like the struggles that she's going through and like how it really stinks to lay on the couch for a whole day. But that's like what we need to do, even if we want to, you know, go outside and play with kids or want to talk on the phone to someone. 
And like, it's hard to say, no, mom, I can't talk on the phone with you right now, even though I haven't talked to you in a few weeks because I just have a massive headache and I can't do it right now. Oh, just the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, I'm thinking the boundaries, but I don't know if that's where you're going. Hmm. Boundaries are good. Not where I was going. I'm thinking of the having other people that are also in these like tough spots so oh like a support network yeah um, camaraderie camaraderie bingo yes the camaraderie of other people in these tough spots um yeah so okay my church has this grief group for people that like have lost um people close to them and uh i asked if i could join it because I was grieving, you know, old Janet um, as new Janet. And it, it felt kind of weird, but I joined it and it was so good for me to talk with these people um, that had also lost people that were close to them and, and had experiences that reminded them of that and had like f- futures that they were grieving. And so mm-hmm. like, I always imagined my wedding without having a TBI. <laughs> and so the process of wedding planning was also like a bit filled with grief because, I mean, it was during a pandemic, so that was different, of course. And, you know, so we had a small wedding because of that and a budget um, and the TBI. But I had always, before that, imagined like a really big wedding that was like mm-hmm. really loud and like really long and really full of dancing. <laughs> um, but I had to plan my wedding day around not overdoing it so i had to plan in breaks i had to plan in you know i'm putting the head table really really as far away as i can from the music speakers um and then on the wedding day i even had like someone turn off the music during dinner because i just needed it to be gone um and like so brian and i are ballroom dancers that's my husband and so i always thought like oh we're gonna be in these waltz for our first dance because it's beautiful dance but you're basically like running across the floor as you're waltzing um and so i had to say goodbye to that because i just needed to hold him and like barely sway (laughs) for our first dance um yeah and that was tough and gosh like i had to grieve that part of my life and i had to grieve like like other things um like i'm never snowboarding again ever trisha like not snowboarding and not skiing and i could do both okay or i could do both mm. <laughs> and not everyone could say that so it's like i'm so proud of that but also like oh i missed that and like that was the highlight of winter for me winter sports and i'm, I'm not gonna ice skate because i don't want to risk bumping my head and going through this shit again like no way <laughs> um yeah and i i can't hike and i loved hiking like i lived in arizona and the best parts of it were going on hikes um i can't run right now and i used to play tennis in college and like i tried playing tennis once and i was like oh i can play tennis and not run yeah i can do that (laughs) no i can't because just watching the tennis ball go back and forth that was too much for me and i was like what i can't even do this adapted oh and it was so hard to like regain skills like i used to have to hold on to the wall for balance right well now my balance is pretty much back to normal so that's great but for the very first time in two and a half years like a month ago i walked a mile a mile that was the most I had done in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And 
it was like a really big goal for me to do that. And I was so proud that I walked a mile. Trisha, the the walking thing, what's that called? Ambulation? <laughs> oh, oh, the treadmill. The treadmill. <laughs> the treadmill starts at, at like speed one. It will not go lower than speed one. And I walked my mile at speed 1.5, <laughs> which is really, really slow. <laughs> But, but I didn't it. take a break and I was so proud. And that's like major for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, like a grief group was so helpful. Um, I would recommend that to people with, you know, TBIs or I don't know, traumatic experiences that it's just like if you've lost that ability. Um yeah. And so, you know, I had to grieve, you know, one of my old ideas was to you know run a music therapy department in a hospital that i was going to introduce to the hospital and run and hire all these other therapists and that was that was my goal for a few years um and i have given up that dream i had to agree to that um i have new dreams which is good because <laughs> i'm not yeah. as depressed as i used to be <laughs> um but they involve like my new dream involves a garden. <laughs> my new dream involves um, sewing. Although I tried sewing yesterday and it was it was so bad. I don't know if that's going to be in my dreaming for long. <laughs> yeah, but making space for those things and giving yourself grace and being able to see that they are just as beautiful and impactful as what old Janet thought she'd have in her life. Mm. yeah and sometimes that like flares up where it's like oh I don't really want to let go of that old dream but so sometimes it's easier to just say like I'm gonna set it aside because like mm -hmm. there is hope that I will heal you know we th at first I thought it was going to be a few days then I thought it was going to be a few weeks then the doctor said it was going to be a few months and it's been a few years <laughs> so I don't know if it's gonna be a few decades or what um but sometimes it's easier to tell myself, like, just not right now, mm -hmm. maybe in the future. But you also have all of this training as a music therapy, as a music therapist that says neuroplasticity, like, you know what I mean? Like you, it is possible. It doesn't have to be right the second. You don't have to see the results every day, but the healing is happening. The neurons are Reknitting, like all of that is happening under the surface, whether we experience it right now or not. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. And also rest so that things actually heal. Yeah. Rest before we feel the symptoms of fatigue. Louder for the people in the back. <laughs> well, if we rest after we're so exhausted. And then we keep going, we're only like barely refueling to our minimum threshold when we should be resting much more often, right? Like the Bible says that Sunday is for rest. God, God didn't have to rest, but he rested on Sunday, according to the Bible, um, because he wants us to rest because it's good for us. Mm. And, and how much have we like ignored that in our, you know, go, go, go culture a lot. And now we're realizing, oh, wait, 
Rest is good. Rest has value. You are doing something even if it feels like you're doing nothing. Yeah. Do you know what blue zones are? No. There are areas on Earth where there are the most uh, highest concentration of centurions, so people who live to 100 plus. Oh. And they are scattered across the globe, but a lot of them have very uh, or multiple similarities. And one of the similarities is a cultural respect for rest and mm. the implementation of rest regularly. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, maybe you don't want to live to be a hundred, but I want to be at least 105. Um, so that <laughs> I can say I lived in three centuries. <laughs> oh, that's why 105. Okay. I'm working on it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. I don't I don't know if I want to live to be like super old. <laughs> and when I say super old, I'm thinking like 70, 80. <laughs> because when I was like, you know, 25, 26 and I had this injury, I felt like I was a hundred and three. Like yeah. it was the weirdest, darndest thing to be like, turn that racket down. You're so loud. I'm so nauseous. <laughs> I can't do the dishes. I can't bake these cookies. It's too much movement for my arm to stir these cookie batter. <laughs> like what? Oh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Especially... I also have this Go ahead. Um, I was gonna, I was talking to a friend that survived cancer, and we were talking about how showering sucks because it makes you nauseous, and it's the worst, like the absolute worst to shower because, well, I don't really know why, but it is. And then if you try and close your eyes, then it's even worse because then the room's spinning. And so you're like holding onto the wall with one hand. You're kind of afraid you're gonna slip because it's wet. You're feeling nauseous and like the whole room is moving and you're like, I have to close my eyes and move my hand in a circle. What? <laughs> it was so overwhelming. Yeah. Oh, wow. I um I enjoy showering. So, but that that's like a good perspective shift. I also think. <laughs> I'm thinking back to when I was working at the state hospital and just daily hygiene and showering was often a goal for the patients. And yeah. sometimes that was because of depression, anxiety, all of those things. But I don't know that we always acknowledged the sensory needs that inhibited their desire to shower and practice personal mm -hmm. hygiene. Yeah, I mean, showering still takes a lot out of me. And like, I used to have long hair and now I have short hair because brushing my hair, like the back of my head is really sensitive and I just didn't want to do that. And also it takes forever to dry long hair and I couldn't use a blow dryer. That was like one of the first thing I said bye-bye to because <laughs> it was way too loud. Yeah. Um, yeah, ADLs are exhausting. Yes, yes there. Yeah, especially, well, I think part of that is, like we've said, our lives in general, specifically our professional lives, can be so tiring that we don't even have the energy to spend on ourselves sometimes in culmination with having a traumatic brain injury or whatever other neurodivergence you could possibly have sure. um, that makes makes it challenging to just do the things that potentially could set us up for success, things that are, you know, self-care like um mm -hmm. that we need but they're they're hard to get to when you're tired yeah yeah
Do you feel ready for the rapid fire? Um, yeah, I, I, I almost, <laughs> I kind of was thinking about this topic and I thought it was going to discuss more like my spiritual journey throughout this because it's been a, a major revelation like the identity that i'm talking about with music therapy like for me the solution is not putting my identity in my work but putting my identity in god and and that means that i have value because god made me and he says that i have value and it means that my value doesn't come from working my value doesn't come from achieving my value doesn't come from cleaning my house and having a really well-kept house and that has been so hard to learn, even though it's been like the only thing on my mind for like a few years now. <laughs> well, we have all this systematic conditioning that says otherwise. Yeah. 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 Get good grades, be a good kid, join sports, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I like didn't have a job and I you know, was meeting all these new people and they're asking my husband, you know, what does he do? And I had to answer that question. I had to practice like, what am I gonna say? Cause I was like, I don't wanna say that like I'm a housewife because to me that felt like not enough. And also I don't have kids. So it didn't feel like I had a quote unquote excuse. Mm -hmm. um, and I also didn't really know if I wanted to tell strangers I'm recovering from a traumatic brain injury. <laughs> like you just don't invite everyone into that circle. Um, yeah. So it was, it was tough to be like, oh gosh, what do I do? You mean, what is my job? I don't have a job. I'm unemployed. Oh no, <laughs> unemployed's not bad. It's good. Wait, why? Because, <laughs> okay, where do I get my value is kind of the root of that question. And we want, we want to like, oh, they have value because they're a doctor. Oh, they have value because they're a policeman. Um, or like, you know, I feel like we kind of categorize people based on what they do and then we assign values to them i don't know if we'll admit that but i feel like that's kind of what happens yeah um in the self-care community during the month we focused on occupational wellness hmm. one of the questions we or i'll say two of the questions we touched on uh the first was how would you identify or explain who you are without using your job title hmm. and we all kind of mold that over and then we asked, how would you identify or explain yourself without using any words or phrases that have to do with your service of others? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you, do that. you said Enneagram 7. That's a great example of a way to identify <laughs> that is explaining who you are, but it doesn't have to do with your service to others. But other things, you know, we struggled with that as a group. Yeah, that is a really challenging question. Because even things like caring, compassionate, patient have to do with how we relate to others. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the I think it was the minimalist that I was listening to their podcast because I adore them, their philosophy that I've learned a lot um and you're a minimalist too i think you're the reason why i got into the minimalist did you of course i am yeah trisha you've influenced me like so much from afar and you don't even know it <laughs> it's my my magic you're anyway right. say say what you're gonna say um oh the minimalists they 
they were talking about how Americans, like 80% of Americans, um, they say, what do you do? Or like, who are you? Or gosh, what's the word? What's your job? Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, what what do are you? What's your profession? I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So Americans say, what do you do? As if our job is our whole identity. And like a much smaller percentage of like 30% maybe of Europeans um, say like, what do you do? But most of them say like, what's your job? And so that identity is not rooted in the job of the European culture, but it is so much for Americans. Mm. Yes, I remember <laughs> I was I was with a friend group once and they like had brought one of their friends that I had never met before. Um, and I remember, I had remember hearing her name anyway. And so I asked her, I said, what is your significance? And I meant it in a good way. Like explain how you tie into this group and what you do. And it, it came across completely wrong. Like oh, if no. anyone asked me, what is your significance? I'd be like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, like if there was a better way to say that thought about, you know, like, who are you? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the language yet working on it. Tell me about you, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I feel like that's what I do when I talk to um, young women that I know are mothers, because I don't know if they work and I don't want to shame them for not working. So yeah. I don't ask, what's your job? Because in case they're like me, they don't, maybe they don't want to say like, I stay at home. Um, yeah. So I'll say like, tell me about you or what are you interested in? How do you spend your days? Those are good ones. Thank you for filling that gap in my vocabulary. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready for rapid fire now. Are you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the questions are about you. So, yeah. I mean, I was going to say you can't get them wrong, but I guess you could if you wanted. If I regret my answers later. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> then you email me and say, cut that part. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by the Music Therapy Podcast Collective, also known as MTPC, where you can find a variety of CMTE opportunities in the form of pod courses. All of MTPC's pod courses are built on a listen, learn, apply model, where you start by listening to some assigned podcast episodes, then move into learning with the assistance of a workbook filled with resources for you to start your self-study towards whatever topics are most interesting, inspiring, and applicable to your practice. And then we finish with the apply section, which includes an office hour and a worksheet to determine how you are going to apply your learning to your personal life or professional practice. You can find all the Music Therapy Chronicles pod courses on our website, musictherapychronicles.com, and you can find the entire catalog of pod courses at MTPC's website, mtpodcastcollective.com. Make sure you also get on the MTPC newsletter for 10% off your first pod course purchase. All right, coffee or tea? 
coffee till I hit my limit, which is two and then tea. Early bird or night owl? Uh, I'm always tired. <laughs> Fair. Something you'd tell your younger self? Um, Janet, you, I thought, I thought about this beforehand. So <laughs> I would tell my younger self because I was single until I got my first boyfriend who happens to be my husband now. Um, so I think I was like 25 when I got my first boyfriend. So I was single for 25 years. And I would tell younger Janet, um, there's nothing wrong with you and you are single. <laughs> like you're not single because there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Your music therapy elevator speech. I already answered this in episode pre previous. Um, I'll link it. That's fine. If you want me to just leave it at that. Listeners, you have to go back and listen to that episode. Something that's currently adding value to your life. The Ramsey show. Dave Ramsey? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm doing the Financial Peace University journey and getting out of debt, woo, woo, which kind of seemed impossible like before I took this class. So the Ramsey show is really keeping me inspired and hopeful for the future and dreaming big dreams. Yeah. Is, is that baby step seven? Or five. Getting out of debt is baby step two. So baby- I meant the dreams, but yeah. Oh yeah. Um, your favorite intervention or song to use in the session? You could answer that or not. It could just be something else you're enjoying right now. Um, favorite intervention to use in a session. Mm. Well, okay, so. I did a session themed on the love languages once, which I thought was brilliant because it was all about social awareness of others. And, um, you know, we don't just have to compliment people's physical looks. We can compliment their internal characteristics or we could give them physical affection with a hug or, you know, so it was going over those different love languages and I wrote a song about it and then we played a game based on it so that was really cool and and I did this with like middle schoolers with autism so you know it's not just something for neurotypical adults to talk about yeah I love the five love, love languages um yeah they shed a lot of value right they do do you want to name them do you want me to name them um you name one physical touch um quality time Words of affirmation. Gifts. Acts of service. Woo! Five. Is that all five? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that informs a lot of my relationships is being aware of those. All right. Last question. How can the listeners find you and connect with you? Um, on Instagram, sometimes I post cello videos. It's mostly like Christian cello stuff, not really music therapy. So my Instagram handle is jamit. Janet music j-a-m-m-i-t Janet j-a-n-e-t music cool I will have that link of course as well as all the other amazing resources that you mentioned and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and having a very fluid conversation with me and I think that the listeners will get a lot of value out of this they really do 
Thanks, Trisha. <laughs> Only with you, because it was a little scary, but we we did it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm, I'm glad that I could get through the scariness with you. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and got a lot out of it. If you're looking for more Music Therapy Chronicles, you can check out our website, musictherapychronicles.com, for more episodes, blog posts, social media links, um, contact information, our self-care community, and our CMTE opportunities in the form of pod courses. Hop on our monthly newsletter if you haven't already and follow us on social media for just staying up to date on what's going on behind the scenes. We are Music Therapy Chronicles on all of the platforms. Please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. They really help the podcast be more visible so more people like you who are looking for this type of content can find it. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this week's episode, and I'll see you in the next one.